Hi, everyone. Today, me and Tete are going to be talking about Joel and Malka and how she has really inspired me to do more with them and develop them in a certain sense that in a way that I was kind of afraid to develop them before. Because um, before these couple of months, I was actually afraid to do too much. And I wasn't thinking about Joel in a certain sense. And, you know, Tete, you're going to be elaborating a bit on that, what I mean by that certain sense. Yes, yes, I will be. I will because um, it it began um, very unusually. Um, do you want me to take the reins from here? Or do you want to set a foundation, an introduction? You can take the reins from here because you're the one who was driving this idea. Because before, I never thought of Joel in such a way. Before, he was just supposed to be a cranky you know, scrawny little thing who was kind of annoying and argumentative. And he was like a foil to Sam, almost like a comedy kind of thing. Right, right. So I guess when you first introduced Joel, I mean, Joel, sorry, I can't say Joel because keep getting those two guys confused. Um, not confused, just similar sounding names. But um, I thought there was much potential for him. There, there was something about his argumentative nature that belayed a deep core of an air of authority, but not a narcissistic imperious authority, but just a very cold, streamlined, efficient elegance. And that, that kind of air of authority that comes with it, that is not narcissistic based on self, but based on a driving force of, you know, conviction and seeing the world more clearly. And I always felt that Joel had that insight and so while he was argumentative and prickly, I just thought, well, this guy just has Capricorn energy. I thought there's there's more to him. There's more to him. And I, I think he has the potential to be a very well-developed character. And I guess also, too, compared to Sam's levity, there was something very alluring, if you will, about Joel's gravity. There was something very appealing about it. There was something very alluring. And I always find myself... Um, you know, drawn towards uh, characters who have this sense of gravity, especially male characters, because there's something, I think, um, uniquely fascinating and mesmerizing about that kind of gravity. And that sort of, that cold seriousness that when I mean cold, I don't mean it's passionless, but that it's not it's not fuddled or fumbled by emotions or by, you know, a, se a sense of selfishness or anything. Mm -hmm. And the sense I was previously talking about was him in a sexual capacity. Because before, I think as I touched upon with Hellevorn a couple of months ago, he was never meant to be a very sexual person or a character. No, no. And I, I felt like, I don't know, for me, it, it didn't feel it didn't feel a hundred percent right. I felt like he should be somewhat sexual because there's something about him that um, belays that kind of nature. And I, I think it's that air of authority that he carries. And I wanted to, I sensed that and I wanted to see more of that um, because I felt he could have a very commanding nature when it comes to that. And I always felt too that there's something very princely about Joel. There, there's something where he carries himself not not like you know conventional sense of a prince but like there's something very even tempered and, and regal and commanding like there's just an air of nobility if you will 
but not nobility like in the class sense, but just just this inner sense of dignity. He, he has such a dignity about himself. And I felt that was very alluring. I felt that could be lay onto different connotations, including something sexual. And I always sensed that. And I guess that's why when I was doing the AU, I, I definitely said, you know, this, this lad's going to be a prince, you know. Mm, I see. So that's where you got it from. Yeah, because it was interesting because, you know, in canon, Joel was never meant to have real authority. He He's never in a position of power or, you know, authority. And he's always actually just kind of there, you know, he's listening to his parents, going to school and stuff like that. He's never in a position to give commands. That's true. He's not. But I always felt like, how do I say, I always felt like he could he could he could potentially have that you know it, and just with his own inner self inner self sense of conviction because you cannot always you doesn't always have to be with a position but it can be with how you carry yourself in society that's true mm-hmm. yeah what else about joel really stuck out to you as being alluring i think let me see how i can articulate that um I'm just trying to see how I could articulate that. Um, I think also for Joel, I think something else that's alluring um, is the fact that he sees society very clearly and there's always this underlying sense of indignation about him, but it's done very refined, very restrained. And it's like he fights against the grain, but he's not doing it in a collective sense with other individuals, but he's doing it with himself, which... I feel really defines his own independent spirit, definitely radiates Capricorn energy. And it also, you know, radiates to, you know, the, uh, the Sigma male energy, if you will. And that's what makes him uniquely fascinating as well. And very alluring. I think the other final thing about Joel that's alluring is the fact that um, there's an intensity to him. It's a very quiet, understated, um, intensity but perhaps it is an intensity that is more powerful than a bombastic display of so-called intensity because often those bombastic displays they're just like fireworks they go really nowhere else or they're not effective but joel joel is like he's, he's like a cold prince that could easily lead a force and, and do it effectively and and i think that's what makes him very alluring and even if he doesn't have this position at all in canon he is commanding the force of himself. And I think that is very alluring that we don't see with a lot of people because a lot of people don't have command of themselves as a force, so to speak. True. How about Sam? I don't feel Sam has that. I I feel like Sam just knows he is a uh, procession of a very um, ostentatious circus and he goes with it. But at the same time, he's controlling everything. But Sam doesn't really see himself as a force. I think he sees himself as a display that is of mm, effect. That makes sense. And he's less intense. He's, he's less intense. Joel just has that intensity. And that's what makes him very alluring. You know, there, there is this strong intensity about Joel. That's true. He does. And would you yeah. say this intensity compares to Andre's or not really? I think Andre's is more darkening there's more of a um, an, a, a, bombast, a bombasticity about Andre. I think Andre 
is not very effective with what he does. Um, he's just very much in emotional turmoil of conflict. I, I think there's something slightly darkening and threatening about Andre Wall. Joel's is not darkening and threatening if it's in the, like, for example, if it's somebody who's not threatening him or somebody he cares about, he won't be threatening. But I think Joel in certain situations could be threatening, but Andre's just threatening all around, unfortunately, because Andre's kind of a, he's like a walking storm, unfortunately. That's true. It's because he's too emotional and, you know, there's always an undercurrent of balance, right? There's always that undercurrent of violence, unfortunately, with Andre. Um, and I, I think that's what makes him kind of um, kind of scary for, for most parts. Yes. And you talked about when, that's one of the reasons why you feel like he's very exhausting to work with, right? That's why I feel he's exhausting to work with, unfortunately. And, and I just I just couldn't keep up with it, you know, working with him. He's fun to do comedy and stuff with, but anything else, I really feel like I can't. And I, I needed someone like Kai who, you know, for the long run, at first, like I said, Kai is not attractive or alluring like Andre. He's certainly not as, you know, walks into a room commands, but in the long run, Kai is, is far more healthier and, and more, there's more of a gentle, kind spirit to Kai than there is in Andre because Andre's good hearted, but unfortunately he is violent and selfish at his core, unfortunately. That's true. How about yeah. Joel? Do you think he is valent? Well, I mean, he's not valent like physically, but like emotionally, is he valent? I don't know. I, I want to say, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think he is for, I mean, unless it was with somebody who was threatening him or maybe a spurs of jealousy, but maybe it's, maybe it's with himself and not really with, uh, you know, a partner he cares about. Like, I know he would never do anything like this with Malka. That's true. And the difference is that Andre, he, he would do it with someone he cares about because he can't control himself. Right. That's true. He can't. And unfortunately that would happen. And I think it does kind of happen sometimes, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. he's like you said before, he's pretty much like Stanley from Streetcar Called Desire. He is very much Stanley. I know in previous uh, things I had said he was anti-Stanley, but in reality, he is he is Stanley. It's just a it's just a different. I guess it's like a it's like a kinder version of Stanley. I guess like a, a less mean, selfish version of Stanley. Mm-hmm. Definitely. He does yeah. have a lot of problems in general. He does. He does, unfortunately. And, and that's just, unfortunately, how Andre is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Back to Joel. So one of the things I was talking about earlier in this episode was that I was afraid of developing more about his sexuality, right? Because I was always afraid of falling into the trap of writing a, a bodice ripper, so to speak. Yeah, I remember you had those concerns. And honestly, how do I say it's not um, I think I think they're kind of unfounded. I mean, everyone has that that problem, you know, that that fear, if you will. But I don't think we need to worry about that with Joel, per se, because there's nothing about him that that kind of gives off that. But you know what I mean? Because Joel is not looking to conquest. He's not Andre. Andre, I think, is more of a bodice ripper than say that's Joel. true he is in a way and this is one of the reasons why you felt uncomfortable with Andre at times because he himself felt like he was objectifying other people too right and as well mm -hmm. as the author did you feel like you were objectifying him 
I kind of felt like I was, and it, it did feel like that. And I, I didn't like it. I felt like, uh, it, it sort of felt blatant, especially like when people's responses was like, oh, he's so hot or so lusty or something. And I just thought, oh no, he is a bodice ripper. And I, I didn't like it. I didn't, I, I felt uncomfortable with it. And, um, I just, I felt very uncomfortable working with him like that. Mm-hmm, right. Cause your intention was not to objectify him, but based on other people's reactions, you kind of felt uncomfortable how they reacted. Yes, I did. I did, unfortunately. And, and I realized Andre conventionally, he does attract a lot of people instantly. I mean, he, he kind of responds back to those animalistic urges or what society defines as sexy. You know, he's very intense. He's very lusty. Uh, he's sort of a dark, strong, brooding, mysterious man. Um, you know, there's there's kind of like this, I don't know, he's, he's, he's very... Uh, there's this fieriness to him that I think a lot of people would find sexy. Um, but unfortunately, you know what I mean? Like it, it was like people just responded to it naturally. I didn't like that. I wanted the people focus on more of his humanity rather than say, Oh, what cool muscles he has or this, that, and the other thing. And I felt very disappointed. So I, I wanted to kind of depart Andre from a little while because I think people are supposed to get the idea that, you know, he is kind of violent and threatening. He has a lot of problems. So you're not really supposed to fall in love with Andre per se. I mean, unless you're Tamara, because Tamara is the only one who can handle him. But even then, she needs time away from him. So they often separate a lot. Right, exactly. And this is also one of the reasons why the third version of our RP with Katya and Andre didn't feel quite right to you, right? It felt so out of character. This was not... Andre and I know I kept trying to lie to myself oh this is Andre but it wasn't I mean the first one was always how Andre was and, and Andre always does outrageous things there's always this threatening nature of thunder rumbling in the background with him and that's why even his first interactions with Katya were argumentative there were conflicts uh the one that sticks out to me the most is when they meet again in the park and you know, he even goes so far as to grab her by the wrist and he's yelling at her. Exactly. And this is why she wanted to avoid him at first. Yeah, because she was scared to death of him. And I don't blame her. That, that was pretty frightening. <laughs> exactly. How does Andre compare to Joel? Joel wouldn't do that. I, I mean, Joel has a quiet elegance about him and uh, he wouldn't do that. You know, he wouldn't. Right. Yeah, so I... I don't think uh, I don't think we would have to, you know, worry about that per se. I mean, you know what I mean? Like Joel just has a more quiet elegance about him as opposed to Andre. He's just so bombastic. That's true. I wonder why I was so sensitive about, you know, falling into tropes, because I don't think he fits any of those tropes we were just talking about. Maybe I was just afraid of the accusation of wish fulfillment. That, you know, I, that, I was just writing this for myself, not, you know, for the story or to explore the themes. Oh, just, you know, just, you know, whatever. I think that's a fear a lot of authors have. I mean, I know I sometimes felt that way. Um, but then I realized that's that's not the case. Like, I, I felt to a degree that Andre was that way. But then again, who wants Andre? I mean, unless you just want, like, passion, but... If you want someone in the long run who will be there for you, you definitely don't want Andre because he can't do it. 
That's true. And I, I guess I was also kind of scared that Joel was changing so quickly because, you know, at the very start, he was just this kind of nerdy, antisocial, argumentative, not very attractive person who just has a lot of bitterness in him. But over time, we see this complete change in him. And, you know, I was scared that people were going to be like, oh, you know, are you playing favorites or something? Or are you just turning into something, turning him into something that he wasn't originally intended to be? Yeah, I, I, it's always scary when a character rapidly changes. I mean, I've, I've had that where I've gotten to know a character and then they change and they kind of juxtapose um, all the time. And I, I always worry about that too. I think, um, I think a, a character I kind of struggled with that was probably two characters of Natalia and Lara because they were always juxtaposing all the time. Mm-hmm. And I always worried about the same thing too. You know, was I just doing it for wish fulfillment? And, you know, to some degree, I think the earlier versions of them were because it, it was just, there There was no lo- logic, no logic to how they were and how they acted. So it was all just like this weird fantasy thing. But, you know, that that's, that's a concern I think a lot of creators have when they're working with a character. And, you know, working with a character that's very realistic it is like a seance and getting to know a human being in this kind of sense as we do as creators on this scale and this level and depth it's always going to be full of uncertainty because it's it's kind of like it, it is like knowing a real person our perception mm-hmm. of a person changes over time like we thought oh we thought this person had x y and z personality traits but then we realize they have j k and l and then you know that changes the complexion of the person as we know it it changes um how they are publicly how they are privately how they are with one person or another person or a situation so i think with any authors out there or creators who have these struggles with a character don't worry it's like knowing another person your perception of them changes throughout the time that you know them and I will say that because I had this with Andre. I, I, he changed, you know, I wouldn't say drastically, but he was often changing a lot. And I really got to know his true nature. It alarmed me. I still like him. I still think he has a lot of good qualities. He's still a good guy, but definitely not a guy you want to build a life with. Um, very much kind of like the opposite of Kai. I thought Kai, well, boy, he's, there's nothing appealing about Kai. He's not attractive. He's not, um, fun to be around and then as I got to know Kai more he grew on me and now I'm extraordinarily attached to him mm-hmm, exactly I guess it's sort of like Joel then right because you know he has grown a lot very much it's often these characters that you really need to grow to like that you end up loving the most I, I often compare it to People who like black licorice candy, um, everyone really hates black licorice. No one wants to eat the black licorice jelly beans. Everyone picks them out and they're always at the bottom of the jar. But then you've got people who have developed a taste for it and then they love nothing else but black licorice and black licorice jelly beans. And Or you could compare it to people who like the uh, experimental pop like Kate Bush. You know, you listen to Kate Bush, you're like, oh, that's weird pop. 
But then after a while, if it grows on you, then you're thinking, well, those all these songs are certainly bangers from her. So I I compare it to those two things. It's an acquired taste, but once you acquire it, you love it. Mm -hmm, Exactly. And I guess from from your perspective, as I guess you could say, sort of the audience member, but then we talk so much about it. So it's almost like, are you even part of the audience anymore? But I guess you're still considered part of the audience. So I will ask you, from your perspective, what do you think is the most likable thing about Joel, the way he is now? The way he is now, I think it's the fact that he has this interesting balance of selfishness and selflessness. And the fact that he is himself selfish when it comes to many things. And he understands this and he embraces it um, to a degree. Like he, he wants to improve it, but he knows it's there. He knows it will always be part of him. And it, it comes from his introspective nature and he's come to terms with it. But at the same time, he's also extraordinarily um, selfless as we see when he deals with Malka, even how he is with his parents, but especially with Malka, there is just this willingness to surrender himself and and do anything for her. You know, there's always this extraordinary care and compassion for her. And it just shows the intensity of his devotion. And I think it's a beautiful thing. I don't think we see that a lot because so many times, even in real life relationships, there's always this strong anchor of selfishness that never makes a relationship have any real devotion, you know, which is kind of a sad thing, but it's a reality that's there. Um, But Joel has this strong, intense devotion to Malka. And it's, it's a wonderfully beautiful, beautiful thing between two individuals. And I think it should be explored. It's not explored a lot. I only know maybe several isolated examples of that in media, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You're very right. And I guess in terms of his sexuality, it was also kind of ignored. And not only because of my own discomfort, but also because, you know, I didn't think it was true to him at first. You know, I was like, oh, he's a he's kind of like the dean. He's kind of indifferent about these things. But as we noticed and as we looked deeper into his character, it turns out that it's a very integral part of him, isn't it? It is. It's very much an integral part of him. You know, it is it is part of his, uh, if you will, his um, his nature. And I, I think a lot of people are defined by the very things in their nature. And it plays a a factor in shaping their personality as well. And I I think that's something a lot of people have to embrace rather than try to ignore it or deny it or, you know, not want to work with it, if if you will. Right, right. I mean, I guess even in a case like the Dean, I guess his his disinterest in it kind of shapes his personality because it is a deep part of his personality, too. So I think what we have really learned from this is that a character's sexuality is an integral part of their personality, whether it's expressed like the Dean, which is closer to asexuality or something else, because he does have this small secret about his sexuality, which makes it a bit different than most people. Right. (laughs) Yes. Because he does have some very specific preferences. He does. Very unusual, I might add. Yes. So it's sort of like he is asexual, but then he does have that. And then, you know, we have people like Andre who are, you know, very red blooded, very visceral. 
And that's obviously part of his personality. And then we have Joel, who is, I guess, you have to get to know him to see it. But then at the same time, I think you can kind of feel it even when you don't know him that well, right? You can definitely sense it even if you don't know him. I always sense that about him, even when it was the opposite that you were trying to display with him, you know? Yeah, I was like, oh, he doesn't care about it. He's like the dean. He prefers, you know, the single life. Yeah, and it it was one of those things where um, I never sensed that about Joel. I I never really did. And I'm very glad you decided not to have that. And um, what else do I want to say? You know, I think think a person's sexuality does define a lot about them um, in various... And no matter how it is, I think it defines their um, their core personality. Like you said, the Dean, Andre, Joel, um, as we will be exploring in the next video, Kai, you know, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, you know, I think, I think I, I, like Joel, it's it's very different than say the two extremities, like the Dean and Andre, because they're Dean and Andre are like on the opposite. They spectrum. are. They're definitely. The- the opposite i mean the dean is nearly sex repulsed like he he claims to not be he says that he's open but you can tell that he is sex repulsed for the most part he is you can definitely sense it meanwhile you have andre who's sex obsessed you know that's the main thing i mean he can't go with like one week oh i gotta have it exactly and i guess someone like um kai he's more like depressed and anxious not anxious but like he's he doesn't want to think about it because of what he has experienced in the past so he's kind of more like reluctant i would describe him as while joel his sexuality i think it's like an intense undercurrent right i would say so i mean i think i think with kai maybe the main difference is that it's a reluctance but at the same time I think it's it's an undercurrent that he's not sure how to express and convey. And he kind of spites it a little bit because it's like he wants to use it out of spite because he's been hurt because he put ideals and happiness into it and it backfired. So it's a bit like he's been hurt by love. So he wants to use love to spite or rather mm-hmm. use sexuality as a way to spite. So he's always going to be very distant and give off an alluring energy but it, it'll be out of spite like you can look what you cannot have and I it'll see. be like a full denial right and that was how joel was originally supposed to be but i think he's really changed from that too hasn't he he's changed a lot from that i mean i think joel was like that before he really thought of doing anything you know being with malka so i always felt like joel does have that you know did have that but now that he's developed this relationship with Malka, all that has vanished because he no longer feels the need of spite because he has found someone who's loved him very, very much. Exactly. And I think, is he a little bit more like Andre now that he's with um, Malka? Not really, because Andre's not serious about his relationships. I mean, except maybe Tamara, but he'll never be completely faithful to Tamara, at least not concerning carnal matters maybe emotions he is but carnally speaking he's not and Andre can never really fully be devoted to one person and and that's kind of a sad thing maybe maybe the only person he's devoted to is himself that's true yes and satisfying his own urges satisfying his own urges takes the um precedence 
over anything else. And, and he doesn't think about it in the moment. He just does it in the moment. He's not thinking about the future or anything like that. But then again, with someone like Tamara, I think he feels there's more freedom to do that. Although he kind of hates that he takes advantage of Tamara in that way. But on the other hand, Tamara really doesn't care because she kind of has control of the situation, kind of like Stella has over Stanley in Streetcar Named Desire. <laughs> she really does. She's got that control. Like Stella's got such a control on Stanley. All she has to do is walk down the stairs and um, Stanley's just a sobbing mess. And he's like, oh, don't leave me, baby. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it fits because, you know, both women have a control over this very, in a way, it, 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 as some people would describe them, a very wild and emotional man. They do. They do. They they have such a unique control over him. It's it's uh, very unusual. I mean, not unusual, but it's interesting. It's interesting. Right. And I think Malka doesn't have this kind of control over Joel, right? I don't think she does. Um, I, I think it's like, it's like, how do I say, Malka has an effect on Joel, but not a control. And I think that's kind of nice in a way, because I, I think it shows that there doesn't need to be that kind of contrivance of control that you know, she just has to be there. And then Joel's very devoted to her and he loves her. And maybe that's why he loves her because she doesn't aim to control him. Like there's a beautiful innocence about Malka and, and there's such a sweetness too. Like there's nothing underhanded, nothing controlling or, or wanting to get something. There's, there's just this beautiful selflessness um, in her nature. And, um, you know, that there's just a, a beautiful innocence about her and that her, her love for Joel is very pure. And um, that's a beautiful thing to see because too often in just reality, we just see people with ulterior motives and things. But Malka, she has these good ideals. And I think Joel loves that. He doesn't want to hurt her. That's why he's very devoted to her because he's like, this woman's very precious. There's very few women like her in the world. And even if I search all over the world, I'm not going to find another Malka. So I need to treasure her. I need to protect her. I need to cherish her. Mm-hmm, right. And we did talk about Malka's innocence before. And you did say that, you know, she's actually more innocent than Doris, even though Doris was kind of raised by her church to be, you know, super, super, quote unquote, innocent. Yeah, she's far more because Doris has ulterior motives. She only wants to marry Ben just to look, you know, just to have a, just just to have, you know, the, the dignity. Oh, like, oh, yes, I'm married. She just wants to show off the ring on her finger and have the house and car and two and a half kids, but they don't have two and a half kids. So they just got to settle for the car and the ring and the boring lost lifestyle, you know, like TV dinner lifestyle. Exactly. So I guess she married mostly for the status and also, you know, to kind of the clout of no longer being single. Right? Exactly. That's, that's all it was. And, and just to kind of show off maybe with other church ladies, like, Oh yes, I married him. And Oh yes, he's a member of the clergy. So stick that in your pipe exactly so even though i guess she's not malicious or controlling she's also less innocent than malka because she never loved ben no she doesn't she doesn't love ben and that's that's kind of the that's kind of the sad thing it just shows an ulterior motive you know and um it does make her far less innocent it really does i mean she's almost kind of she's almost in many ways kind of worse than rachel I think it's similar, isn't it? 
because Rachel kind of married Pinhas, who who is um you know Joel's father and his mother respectively. Um, she married him mostly to fill a void in her life. I think she was more honest about it than Doris is, because Doris is very hypocritical. Like, oh yes, I love my husband, but at least Rachel's like, eh, whatever, Pinhas, you're there, I'm here, we're here. You know that she's more honest about it than Doris. Always trying to fit, oh, I love my husband. I'm such a good Christian wife and all that other rubbish. That's true. It's because Ben and Doris are all about fakery. Exactly. They're fake. They're fake as as heck. And that's what makes how do I say that that that's what makes it a little bit more nastier. At least Rachel and Pinhaus are honest about it. People can see that. Even Joel can see it as a kid. And you can appreciate that honesty. And I, I give props to Rachel and Pinhaus for that honesty. Um, but Ben and Doris, there's there's a sinister ulterior motive. Maybe not sinister, but there's always an ulterior motive. And in some ways, it, it just makes Doris kind of nastier because of it. I mean, you understand why she did it, but it just it just makes her all the more nastier. And... Um, yeah, I would even, I mean, in terms of morality, I would even say Tamara has higher morality because, you know, Tamara, she does love Andre. She knows he's a big, flawed, you know, beast of a man. But it's like, she knows he she can tame him. She's kind of like a the mistress of the beast, if you will. And she knows how to tame him and calm him down. Like I said, she's got that command like Stella. And she's not really doing it out of meanness. She just knows that Andre needs someone to control him and put him in the right place and she likes having that control and she knows that subconsciously Andre really likes it I I think Andre likes the fact that Tamara has that control over him because he needs somebody to you know hold him into place it's kind of like you know lassoing a storm with a rope you know absolutely yeah. And what else should we cover in this podcast about Joel's sexuality that we haven't discussed yet I would have to say, I don't know, maybe, maybe, do you think his intensity and possessiveness, have we discussed that? Oh, yeah, because in The Sims, it was actually kind of um, not intentional, because this was before I was thinking about his sexual life. I was just giving him the trait of jealous, because, you know, originally the idea was that he was going to be jealous of Sam for becoming famous and having the confidence that he doesn't ever feel like he will have. But That's then true. it turns out in The Sims that jealous doesn't refer to that, but, um, you know, possessiveness of a partner. It does. And, and that, you know, a lot of people would say that's scary, but, you know, I actually don't find it that scary when you think about it. I don't think it's that scary. I mean, it can be if it's combined with, you know, a personality like Andre's. Yeah, if it's Andres, then it's scary. Then it's just like if there's a if there is an intent to want to harm the partner that they're jealous of, that's all right. But if it's just the concept of jealousy that's driving them, um, then I think there's something slightly attractive about it because it means that I guess to quote that um, uh, that that song by Julio Iglesias, you know, to fight for your love and. I think uh, I think Joel has that energy, and it's, so it's not like Andre. Andre, I would be very worried if Andre would be a jealous type. I mean, he would be a violent type. He would be like man goes to jail for whatever, killing lover and lover, lover with a lover. 
Exactly. And it's actually kind of good that he's not, you know, extremely focused on one person except for Tamara. Because, you know, Andre is kind of distracted. So he's not always focusing on one person and being jealous. No, he's not. Andre, at the most given part, has at least four people on his list. And he's not possessive of Tamara. It's a bit like, um, I love you, Tamara. I'll fight and protect you. But if you want to do whatever you want with other people, I'm fine with that. And Tamara, just because of her experience, doesn't want that. She doesn't want to be with other men. But also, I think she kind of does it a little bit to spite Andre in a way. It'll be like, well, look, Andre, I have all this control because I know what it's like and I don't want it. But you're so weak, you're always governed by your lusts like an animal. So she kind of holds that over him a little bit. Andre kind of hates it. But then again, there's always this little element of conflict and hate and anger with Andre and Tamara. But but that kind of makes their sweeter moments all the sweeter, especially, like I said, like I said, when she comes down the stairs like Stella, she's she's got that control on him. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So Joel is kind of possessive, but in a way that I guess he just doesn't want it to end. Right. Yeah, he doesn't want it to end. I, I think he doesn't want to lose somebody. And maybe it's not with external factors. Like he won't think Malka will be stolen by somebody, but maybe driven away by his own self. And I think that scares him, which is why I think he kind of can, patrols himself, if you will. Yes, that makes a lot more sense. Because a theme in Joel's story is not really external factors or even people. It's mostly him battling himself. Exactly, exactly. So... I think that's that's the main thing with with Joel. And I think he's always worried that he'll do something to drive Malka away. So he he really watches himself because he doesn't want to do that. Absolutely. And this is why, you know, he wants to become a better person. He definitely wants to become a better person. And I I really like that about him, that he's he's willing to do so much for Malka, that that there is that kind of you know, beauty and love about that, you know, because that takes a lot of um, dedication and love to do that, I think. Mm-hmm. I think he does. And I think he wants to grow and he wants to change as a person because he knows that, you know, he knows from his own personal experience that you can't just kind of expect things to come to you. You have to work for it. You do have to work for it. And I think, I think Joel realizes that. And that's why he works hard to become a better man for Malka. And, and, and you know what? I think he does. I, th- I think he, he really succeeds well at it. And I mm-hmm. think Malcolm's very grateful for that. And I think she loves that about him, that he works hard to um, become a better person. And, and, and that, you know, he's also doing it for her because he wants to be better for her, be a kinder, gentler, you know, human being with her. And I think she loves that. I, I think she sees that, you know, he does possess uh, a, a sort of beauty within his soul. Mm-hmm, absolutely we're going yeah. to be having more podcast episodes about malka and joel and the next episode is actually going to be about how malka and joel inspired you to write more about gerda and kai yes yes it is um that's going to be one of the sources um and i think our next podcast is, is going to be focusing on what we just discussed about joel and malka we're going to be discussing about gerda and kai's um developments Right, exactly. So stay tuned, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Stay tuned for the next episode. All right. Bye. Bye.